0: hello and welcome to another episode of casting reflections on black mirror the sub-series of casting view hosted by me dan and and dan as well double dan yeah, laughing, sorry, uh, shambles on my part this week, so I set the uh, the record counter on Zencast, it counted down, and then it took me 40 seconds to start, but...
1: But what's funny is, just before you started, you said, are you ready, before you did the countdown, and then you did the countdown, and you clearly weren't ready.
0: I need a pre-countdown countdown. <laughs> right, um, anyway, I'm distracted. Anyway, you alright?
1: Yeah, not bad, thank you, and, and how is your good self?
0: Yeah, alright, alright, except, uh, well, we'll talk about it. I... This episode, I've got mixed views on, but I don't know if that clouded me when I was watching it. So it'd be interesting to see your take on it, but let's get straight into it. So we are covering today, season two, episode three of Black Mirror. So this is called the Waldo moment. Again, obviously, as we say before, spoilers for the show, but it's 10 years old and it's on Netflix and we still recommend watching it if you haven't. This first aired on channel four. In the UK, on the 25th of February, 2013, the episode was written by Charlie Brooker. And it actually came from an idea that he had with Chris Morris, who also did a few quite uh, famously followed TV programs in 2005. And I don't know if you saw this when if you looked anything up, the idea in this came from they imagined a politician based on... Just like the Gorillas. So you know the band The Gorillas. Okay, yep, yep. Where it's Avatars Cartoon or Digital Avatars. And the episode, as it says here, is in contrast to other Black Mirrors in that it kind of really doesn't do much. It's not futuristic, it's not got any future tech. It's actually quite a modern current setting. Again, we'll probably come on to some things, but just have a background or to have in the back of your mind when we're discussing this, when Brooker came to write the episode, he apparently took inspiration for Waldo's character from Boris Johnson, who at the time was London mayor in this country at the time, and Ali G was also an inspiration. And there's a stand-up comedian called John Narr, I think, who became a mayor of Reykjavik at the time, so they used that as part of this. As said, it was initially based in part, they say, on the politician and future prime prime minister boris johnson the character of waldo was apparently then compared to donald trump following his campaign in 2016 which came three years after this um the only other thing i want to say to have in the back of your mind is that yeah david cameron was the prime minister so that kind of just sums up the the time frame when this show came out got a couple of other things but i'm going to mention it at the end just before we get into it, so having said that, there's supposedly influence from Boris Johnson and Ali G. Does that sort of strike a bell with you?
1: What's interesting is, and um, I actually wrote down the name Boris Johnson before I knew Did that. Yeah. Uh, and I've I've written down Boris Johnson. I wrote down Donald Trump. I also wrote down Piers Morgan, but we'll, we'll talk about that um, okay at a later point. But what's interesting is he's. He's filmed a spoof character called Waldo based on Boris Johnson and Donald Trump pre them getting into two of the most powerful positions in the world. Like, yeah, doesn't that that, that, that sum up like politics in the world today? That This joke character is based on two people that actually made it and and got to got to the top.
0: If I remember right, I think they said the Boris Johnson thing was almost a bit more about the appearance of that Waldo, which I think is probably even meaner than saying it's basically. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and the Boris. Uh, sorry, the Boris Johnson and the Donald Trump was done much later, as you said. Once it actually happens, so again, it's kind of the Charlie Brooker Black Mirror strikes again in terms of some prediction of the future, but.
1: Yeah. They always they yes. talk about the Simpsons hitting on like key events, yeah. don't they? But they yeah. this, this goes unnoticed. I think we're uncovering a new a new thing uh, where Black Mirror seems to get things spot on as, as they go
0: on. Unless we find an episode, I wonder if there was an episode in the past of the Simpsons predicting Charlie Brooker writing Black <laughs> Mirror. <laughs> Yeah. It
1: me... feels a bit, um Inception, doesn't it? <laughs> I, don't
0: think, I don't think we should go down that rabbit hole. Okay, so the episode itself, and and as normal, Dan, just jump in if there's anything specific to, like the plot point I'm saying at the time. But basically, the whole crux of the episode is that there's a politician in England who's had to resign due to quote inappropriate communications with a 15 year old girl. This then triggers a by election. So yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, if a standing uh, MP has to resign or passes away or whatever. Yeah, it triggers that by-election. And so this is where the main plays of the story come in. So technically, we've got three stroke four main characters, I'll say. So we've got Gwendolyn, played by Chloe a where she's a, a Labour member who decides she wants to run for election. And at, you see her at the interview saying that she knows she won't win as it's a safe Conservative seat, but sees it as a stepping stone for her career. And I think that's really important to know that she's just using this, she states she's using this to further her career. You've then got Liam Monroe, played by Tobias Menzies, who Game of Thrones fans will recognise him as Edmure Tully. He's a Conservative MP who'll be standing for the election. And then when I say three or stroke four characters, you've got Jamie, who is a ex-comedian. He's played by Daniel Rigby, who controls, I say animated character, but it's kind of like a digital representation, isn't it? Like a digital avatar of a character called Waldo, who appears on a weekly satirical show of the week's event. And did you catch who the presenter of that show was? Did you recognise him?
1: No, no, I didn't know.
0: This character appears on a weekly satirical show where they review the news event, uh, the events that week. The presenter was um, Trent Crim from Ted Lasso. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, really. Obviously, a younger version and less hair. But yeah, I I saw that and that, that made me chuckle. So when we meet them, they're talking about this politician who's had to resign. And you get an early sign about Waldo being basically hes a really crass vulgar character, isn't it? There is no finesse. It's just using vulgar language to really lay into this politician, isn't it? And then basically on this show, there's a segment where Waldo interviews Monroe, uh, the politician who's standing. Now, again, did you ever see the Ali G interviews like the 11 o'clock show back in the day? Or are you yeah, bit I, I, young? Saw,
1: I was, I was bit too young. Um, I saw Ali G interviews. I don't remember him interviewing politicians, but, you know, I remember him like interviewing Beckham yeah. as, as an example. I don't remember him doing politicians, no.
0: Because there was a few politicians, but basically, yeah, if there is anyone who who hasn't seen them. Yeah, so these were from like the mid-90s where, oh no, maybe in early 2000s, sorry, not mid-90s, where Ali G would get, at the time, often quite important people and, quote, interview, unquote them, um, in a sense of it was a set-up interview, but they didn't know that. And this interview reminded me exactly of that. After the show, they're in the the green room, the, the, you know, the back room and Jamie and his colleague, they're having a conversation and she says, there's an important man with the the channel owner or the, or the show owner. He goes over there and they say, whilst that politician Monroe has made the complaint about the show, he loves and they love how Waldo quote puts it to the politicians. So this is then where we find out there's a plan to have a show solely around Waldo but also what I kind of picked up is that the owners didn't care about the show itself. They just cared about going after politicians. That's kind of how I had it. But while they're talking about this, they're talking about it, I think, the next day. Jamie, the guy who plays him, he shows a concern already that he doesn't think he's political enough. Where either clever enough, I think, or political enough. But they say, look, don't worry about that. The next scene is... Monroe at a mothers and child coffee morning session campaigning when they turn up in a truck with Jamie Waldo and, and TV crew again, basically being really rude to him outside this mothers and child morning session. And at this point, you see Monroe's had enough and he says, look, find out what you can about the people in the van. This then continues, you see sort of multiple events where they're just following him when he's campaigning and just really embarrassing him and harassing him. Then the next key thing is one night Jamie and Gwendolyn meet in a bar and they both basically say how that they are, how they're using their job to try not that what they're doing currently in their job isn't what they want to do, be all and end all. So, you know, this Gwendolyn admits to Jamie that she's using the the, the by-election to further her career. Jamie says that he's ultimately using Waldo to try to get back into the big time and Jamie Gets frustrated at this and, and he says, Look, I wish, um, you know, I wish politicians sh- could be more honest uh, with the voters. Anyway, that's to the next day. Gwendolyn and her campaign manager are out on doorsteps. He finds out she met Jamie. So he says straight away, You're not to get in touch with him. And he's trying to contact her and he's starting to already get like the jealous or the frustration vibes.
1: And just, just to add to that as well, and I think there's a bit of background, isn't there, when after they spend the night together, whereby it's quite clear that he's coming from a period of his life where he's been depressed and and, and down yeah because he kind of claims he said something along the lines of there's been a lot of bad things that happened and I haven't been able to connect or something but this has been nice can I have your number which is quite heavy like <laughs> it's a way to grab someone's number it's like a guilt trip isn't it almost but obviously he felt like he connected to someone for the first time in a long time and Obviously, his career is—he's he's at a low point of his career because this, you know, it's quite clear that he's—he's he's a failed comedian, isn't it? Who's ended up in a role that he—he he doesn't want to be doing.
0: You're spot on because right at the start, when you first meet him, they're at the TV studio and they're calling for Jamie, and he's—you don't see him, you hear him behind his dressing room door, and he's talking to a woman. I'm going to assume an ex-girlfriend trying to speak to her and She goes, "Look, I don't want you calling me anymore." She—she's not saying basically like he's his talk, but she goes, "I don't want you calling me anymore." you know, just focus on Waldo or something. And and she goes, he's your ticket or something. And Jamie's upset. One, obviously, this past relationship, but two, also, again, that it feels like Waldo is the best thing in his life. Yeah. Again, you know, like a fake person. So I think you're spot on in terms of maybe missing that connection with someone. So there's a student-organized hustings where all the candidates appear. And... Again, he gets invited onto to the show, the students invite him, and again, he expresses a fear about appearing, and again, that he doesn't think he's kind of clever enough or political enough, but he is told he must go on, and he does, and Waldo continues to berate and humiliate Monroe, the politician. However, at this point, Monroe then reveals the identity of Jamie and starts to turn the tables by revealing how he, he is ultimately a failed comedian, and that what he's doing is too easy. He's mocking others. And when he can't be funny, he just swears. And I think that then makes Jamie really angry, doesn't it? And I think it really spurs him on into having a go at politicians. But then more than that, he starts attacking Gwendolyn as well, calling her fake and tries to goad her into admitting that the election is a stepping stone for her. So basically, he's trying to trying to destroy her on air, isn't he? And I don't know. I kind of had flashbacks with this relationship to the entire history of you episode. You remember with Jodie Whittaker, it kind of had echoes of that to me. Yeah. Okay. So a new story the next day shows Waldo's attack, Waldo's attack has gone viral. I can't say Waldo properly. Waldo attack has gone viral and that people basically want him to form a new party. He then gets invited onto a big hit in serious political show. And again, he shows his fear to his crew at being, potentially looking stupid on air and he is sure he's assured that the crew will have his back and they can back him up with facts and figures and that they tell him that all politicians have team to help politicians have teams to help them again which i found a fascinating thing isn't it because again are they kind of just saying that politicians are just the front people
1: yeah they did kind of highlight that fact didn't they but you know they're not all doing it by themselves and they are just a face to a a team below them
0: yeah which i found interesting so his manager says that this appearing on this show could really get traction that young people are invested in waldo and when jamie says waldo isn't real the station manager who's played by jason fleming actually says that's exactly the point he's not real but he's realer than all the others at least he doesn't pretend to stand for something which again i I don't think necessarily this is a new thing in in how people see politicians. But it's amazing how 10 years later, we're still having potentially similar conversations, aren't we? Yeah. He says, ultimately, they can... Yeah, that's it, because now they're starting to try to get him to actually run and stand for the election, which is something I'll come into my post notes after, but... They're saying, he, you know, when he was saying, James was saying, but I don't know anything about politics now. He said, ultimately, we'll run a campaign by putting things online and letting people vote for it. Thumbs up, thumbs down. That's a democracy of, of a sort. Which, again, is, is just amazing, isn't it?
1: And it's, it's quite funny how he reacted to that, wasn't it? It was about, you know, on YouTube, the video is a dog of, I can't remember the video <laughs> he suggested, it, it was a dog doing something, wasn't it? And um like
0: farting a, a dog farting or something. And
1: he goes, you know, that's the most popular video, that's a democracy type thing. Yeah. And he goes, No, you will be. You you'll be the top video. He goes, No, it will still be the dog.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it, because he goes, Yeah, like YouTube. That was just like YouTube. And he goes, Yeah, that's a democracy of sort. But he goes, Yeah, but the most popular video is a dog fart in the national Am- or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And it's true, isn't it? Um when when the number one video on YouTube for years, wasn't it that Charlie bit my finger video? Do you remember yeah. That? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he says, look, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And then again, the owner says, if he doesn't do it, he'll go on as him because he owns a right to Waldo. Basically, that kind of upsets Jamie. So he then goes on and continues to embarrass the presenter, saying that whatever he thinks about him, he knew that the show was going to get the best ratings by having him on, and that's why they got him on. Um, so again, the feeling of being used there. Then this is where it starts to get a little bit weird in the sense of the owner and Jamie then get approached by someone, an American from the agency. Now you've got to assume it's like the the government then, right? Yeah. Who says that Waldo is a perfect mechanism for relaying politics. He says that Waldo is a construct that people embrace. And whilst now he is anti-politics, he could be used to relay anything calling him quote the perfect assassin and says that once a by-election is done there's an opportunity in South America which I think is just an amazing twist in the story isn't
1: it yeah because I kind of felt at that point they realized that Waldo whatever he was doing was a viral not viral is the right word but we we kind of discussed I've not remember be discussed in this pod or, or some other time is where you know people feel like they have to be part of the movement and they know that Waldo, Waldo was a vehicle to create the movement and to kind of get people on board, wasn't he? Wasn't he? To, he was the vehicle to kind of get there. You know, yeah. Waldo could probably come out and say, the grass is blue or something like that. And they know that people would follow that and believe that. And it's, it's kind of that kind of vehicle, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And, and this is kind of interesting. This bit throws me back to the 15 Million Merits episode where, do you remember Daniel Kaluuya's character rails against them in that program but then they hire him for exactly that message because he's almost like that puppet yeah it's a fascinating twist I did like that bit of it even though it felt like it came from totally nowhere so cue the election continuing to approach and in the meantime Gwendolyn's popularity actually starts falling as Waldo is gaining popularity Jamie goes to apologize to Gwendolyn but she lashes out at him she says At least she wanted to stand and try to represent something. What does he stand for? The next day, Jamie tries to get people to stop supporting him. I think he kind of realizes the truth in what she's saying. And he starts telling people, I think this was Aswoldo, wasn't it, to vote for one of the other politicians, to at least stand for someone who who is trying to do a job. So he leaves. He comes out of the truck because he says he's had enough. But Jack, the owner, jumps into the control seat and continues to relay the anti-politics message. And then he encourages the crowd to stop Jamie. And eventually, somebody basically physically attacks Jamie and puts him in the hospital. While in the hospital, when he wakes up, it's, the election results are revealed, and it's revealed that Monroe wins the election, but with Waldo second and only by 3,000 votes, he's finished second in the election.
1: Yeah, and there's a few interesting points there as well, because I know you mentioned about... Um... Him, Jamie ended up in hospital, but that was because Waldo said, we, "I'll give some first person to hit him. I'll give you five hundred pounds." So someone jumped on top and, and beat him. So again, we've got another example where this thing is influencing um, people's people's behavior, and in the vote as well, it was um, they made a point of him being second in in front of Gwendolyn by by quite some way, and then it yeah. kind of leaves you to wonder. Okay, if, if Waldo wasn't there and those votes were dispersed elsewhere, you know, could Gwendolyn have taken it? Because obviously I feel like Waldo would have taken mostly the Tory votes because of the way he was he was laying into um, the Tory leader, I've forgotten his name now. Monroe. He was he was you know, he was really hitting Monroe hard, wasn't he? So was it the Tory votes he took away? And could Gwendolyn have been the winner if if actually he just carried on not being a candidate and just laying into Monroe as he started doing.
0: That's not a bad shout. I mean, I think ultimately he probably would have nicked more of her votes because because he, he basically accused her of being fake on the show, wasn't it? So I, I think it probably did affect, it did take more of her votes because it was a safe conservative seat. It was always said that. But yeah, and this is now, we're, we're at the end now, and this is the kind of thing that i want to talk about afterwards so after the election result the credits roll and when or just before the credits roll so we see jamie is and and you don't know if if or how much time has passed you see jamie lying homeless on the street he's basically living homeless in the streets he's then being moved on by police as he walks away he sees screens with waldo um speaking different languages so it's clear obviously that waldo has now been franchised to other countries he throws a bottle at the screen and is then attacked by police. And, and that's how it finishes. And it's in a weird almost, you've got to assume it's England, but it looks like almost like a, oh, I got the impression it was like a weird futuristic version of it.
1: You have a, The callback to that 15 million credits thing was the way he, did, he moved the um, advertising board on. Did you notice that? Is when he saw um, Waldo on an advert, he moved his hands across the screen to move on to the next advert. And it was Waldo continuously And obviously we saw that in the 15,000 or 15 million credits or two million, I can't remember the name of the, type of the episode, but we saw that in that episode as well.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. So I have seen, and I do want to look up, but I want to do it once we've done the episodes. There are supposedly links between some of the characters and some of the episodes, even though each story is obviously individual. So ultimately that's a review of, well, that that's the overall synopsis of the episode. Let's talk about it. What were your thoughts about it?
1: Well... <laughs> <laughs> I I found it hard to enjoy this one. And not because I thought it was a bad idea. I, I thought it had potential to, to be a good story. And what... And I find this in other things as well, and it's not just this episode. But I find the whole vulgar and kind of sexual sense of humour, I find that kind of hard to watch. And I, do, I don't find it clever when he's just shouting people down with rude gestures... It's like what Man I said, it's not clever. It's it's not really even that funny. It's just dismissing people by shouting louder and shouting vulgar things. And I find that really difficult to watch because it's, I find it cringeworthy. And I think there's not many things that you watch where you're on the side of a politician. And I felt like I was on the side of a politician in, in this episode. Whereas I felt like they could have done Waldo as a slightly different character who kind of outs almost outsmarted the politician yeah, by absolutely. being the, by almost being the average human and making you know pointing out the obvious in the flaws in their in their arguments, not by just effing this and effing that. I felt like that if that was if it was done like that, I think it would have been a lot better episode.
0: Yeah, that, that's a really good point, and I agree because I found, and I think in my notes, I wrote I think it was just too over the top and maybe that was an intentional thing but i i used the words intentionally like crass and vulgar because it was i don't know if that's supposed to represent his anger so you know jamie's anger we've said he's obviously not had a good hand of cards in life we're not really told it when i likened it to ali g ali g was never like that it was quite clever sort of humor there were some rude things in it but it was never like that i think yeah as a viewer you probably would have got more behind it. You could imagine that people would get behind it because you, it was you, it was outsmarting.
1: Do you, do you think it was done in a way, and I've only just thought of this, but it was a bit of a light bulb moment, but do you think it was done in such a way to represent the, the millions of trolls that you find on Twitter in one voice? Because actually, we talk about vulgar. There's a lot of vulgar people on Twitter and abusive people on Twitter who, who probably reacted the same way. And this is almost like collecting all their responses and just funneling that out in, in one go towards politicians.
0: Maybe, but I think this was probably, again, it's so hard to put yourself back in that time, but I still think this was probably before the, the ultra-toxic nature of social media. Yeah, I don't know. I just wonder if that's how maybe at the time, when was Brexit started? Can you, can you remember when that, I, I mean, oh, it, back it, well, when I don't I think. Was a,
1: back when I was a kid.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't think it was anywhere near um, sort of 2013. But what I'm trying to guess is, was that what real felt like? You know, was that, oh, here we go. The UK voted to leave the EU in 2016. So there would have been talk beforehand, wouldn't there? So I just wonder if it was maybe capitalising or or an echo of that, maybe the feeling that was started by, by yeah. Brexit. Yeah, I, I don't know. I found this a difficult episode in that. I, I, I like the idea, but for me, I think just because we'd been on a roll of a couple of what I consider like the the Black Mirror style that I like, this felt like a, a bit of a foot-on-break moment to bring you back to a real-world scenario. And I don't know if, because we're watching it, regularly like this now if it came so soon after the first episode which is the national anthem about politics in this country i don't know if it felt a bit too similar um
1: maybe i didn't kind of link the two because i felt the national anthem one was very very clever whereas i didn't feel like this was clever um so yeah yeah i'm not sure i echo that sentiment but yeah I, i get it
0: I think for me, just because it felt like a, a normal episode, and what I mean by that is, yeah, I don't think he's ever said it's like a sci-fi or tech program, but for me, those are the ones that I'm more vested in where there's something really central to the episode rather than... Yeah, because like I said, I don't think I can imagine at the time people are getting behind mind you. Actually, something I'm going to come onto is going to make me sound a proper hypocrite after, but um, that sort of character... But it's interesting because I did find it was considered at the time to be poor in comparison to other Black Mirror episodes with criticisms made around its ending, which I'll come on to as well, and the characters of Waldo and Jamie receiving mixed reception. Now, what was interesting, I did find that Brooker himself commented that the episode was rushed due to time constraints as he was too busy writing rewrites of season two episode White Bear. So do you remember, oh, okay. I you mentioned it, didn't you, that yeah, he had yeah. to rewrite the ending. So I think he said he admits he rushed this episode. He said he had wanted to do more research, though he did consult his, with his sister-in-law, who was a Labour politician. Brooks said in 2018 that the idea should have been executed in a longer format, such as a two-part episode, miniseries or movie. He also wanted Jamie to be in more jeopardy. And to further develop the idea of Waldo as a lightning rod for dissatisfaction with politicians, so yeah, and and that's what I was going to say. I think there was the episode jumped to too many conclusions too quickly. Like like you said, you can't like Waldo as a character. So it would have been nice to see how people did warm to him. And also, I'm going to say, I just found the ending jarring. The, the the very end,
1: the very end with with the where, where he was lying on the street. Yeah, yeah. It looked, I felt a bit, oh, I know they were trying to make a point of that, you know, he left Waldo behind and, you know, ultimately maybe, a, maybe the wrong thing for him because it's what made him famous. But it just felt like too much of a separate ending to the story. I don't know if it was just the setting was too futuristic. Like it it almost felt like the ending was about 70 years after the story based on kind of the con- continuity of, of the, the start and the end, didn't it?
0: And that's it. And I think whereas I've always said you don't have to have everything wrapped up in a nice bow at the end of a, a film or a TV programme, I think this would have benefited from it because ultimately what what I don't know now is is it it felt like it was quite a a police state for want of a better term. And was that because after that election the governments of the day started clamping down on characters like Waldo, or was it the opposite? Was it people started rebelling against governments and Waldo was used for what they, you know, when they had the meeting with the American for like secret, almost like um puppet governments or something. Well, yeah. I, I, I need to know which one of that it was.
1: It, it would have been useful to have like the flashes of like the next few years, wouldn't it, in, in kind of the end credits, the kind of how it got to that point, because you're right, there's a massive gap and was the ending as a result of the story um, not just his homelessness, but all the other aspects to it. So yeah, so you're right, there's some missing missing points in there. Like, as I said, like, like they felt 70 years apart with regard to tech.
0: He didn't look that much older, so that's the other thing. It looked like it was quite quick. So yeah. do you know what? I almost think it would have been a better ending if it had just finished with the election result. Yeah. That was more of the statement to me that, an animated character was only 3,000 votes behind yeah. Yeah. the safe seat. I think for me, that's why overall I think I didn't enjoy the episode. I think, to, and when I read his comments about it being rushed, and that's what it is. I think it was, it just felt rushed. It was the last episode of the series. I think White Bear, for me, we both said, I've, you know, I really loved it. It's probably um one of the standout episodes. Did this just suffer?
1: You wonder if this was the first episode of the first series. you feel like you'd stop watching, wouldn't you? I, f- I feel like, you know, at this point, Black has built up a little bit of credit. And you think, oh, I, I let this one go. Um, but I felt like if this was the first episode, I think I'd struggle to be putting on the next one.
0: And that's kind of it. I think it's quite, well, uh, maybe there's a lot of subtlety that, that I've missed. It just feels too on the nose about, yeah disillusionment in politics i've written people latching onto a gimmick and almost like the coming to life of a fictional character it just feels um just feels too too obvious compared to some of the the other episodes but you know i I don't know is is, is
1: it obvious because we've been through a crazy period in politics where we have had the likes of you know donald trump and have had the likes of boris johnson in charge and all the fiascos around the pandemic and how he handled it and then you know, I keep forgetting. I know Liz, Liz Trump, who came in afterwards, was obviously. You trust, Liz Trust. Don't,
0: don't mix those two up. Liz, Liz Trust
1: it was a bit of a disaster. And um yeah, you, you do wonder if actually this episode became before some farcical politics. So it actually doesn't have the impact that you kind of would have done back then.
0: That's a really good point because I guess politics has always been criticized, but. Yeah, I think that government was probably seen as the last, I want to say the word normal because yeah, once you then start, you know, yeah, we've had uh, Johnson in and then we've had multiple, um, it felt like it was who, you know, who hadn't had a go at maybe having a go at being prime minister or being yeah. voted for it. And And I don't know if you remember, so before he kind of became the prime minister, maybe even before he became the mayor, but. Boris Johnson would appear a lot on TV on game shows like on uh, not yeah, game shows but like
1: he hosted Have I Got News For You. He was also took part in a charity football match because I remember him making that yeah. extraordinary tackle yes. uh, on, yeah. on someone
0: on a kid wasn't it? Or rugby yeah. as well maybe. But no yeah. but I, I think what I was going to say was people were saying that that act you know he pay, played a bit of a buffoon was an act people that's what they were saying that he's obviously a very intelligent person but He's putting on an act to appear a bit, bit more like that. So I guess this episode maybe is is hitting at that as well.
1: Yeah,
0: you know about yeah, the fakeness, you know, of of her when he was saying, you know, and then, but then she says, at least I'm standing for something. But it is, um, it's
1: is an interesting point um, because I this doesn't often get talked about in shows. It's the whole safe seat thing in democracy, mm-hmm. and you know where that leads to in democracy. And I'm, I won't pretend I'm a very political person or you know very highly knowledgeable about it but it's always bemused me a little bit where you know if you're in a safe Tory area as an example then it fit you're made to feel like there's little point in you going to vote for any of the opposition because you're never going to get in it doesn't affect the overall vote because of a whole way we do seats and stuff like that and it's interesting they kind of touched upon that a little bit and touched upon how she feels being in one of those areas competing against someone she knows she's going to lose to and then you think well is it a democracy or is it not a democracy or the whole concept of safe seats
0: well there's that's that's a whole other conversation isn't it about the mentality of voters as well but
1: and and not one i expressed very much about so uh maybe we, we won't cover that one
0: before we give scores or anything was there anything else about the episode i mean
1: yeah, the the one the one thing I will add is, um, and I mentioned at the start about having Piers Morgan written down.
0: Oh, sorry, I, yes, yeah, yeah.
1: And I felt like, and obviously, Piers Morgan isn't as vulgar as as what Waldo does, but there was a whole element of asking a question but not letting them answer it. Uh, and that you know, during the pandemic and even now, I feel that like Piers Morgan does that quite a lot. A lot of people like it because he's giving people a hard time sometimes i watch some of his interviews on good morning britain throughout the pandemic and he'd ask a question you know like, for god's sake just let him answer it yes. and yeah. and there were there were some some moments in in that show where i felt Walter was doing the same it's just like oh god you made a point let the guy answer answer the question rather than just shouting over him in some way so yeah it yeah. might be a lot of few piers morgan interviews
0: and that's a really good point. And well, people listening can't see it, but I'm pointing at Dan. I don't mean that rudely, but you've you made a good point that's really hit home because what you said was people like that, his style, because it gives politicians a hard time. But others, the other side are gonna see that as rude. So do people just like people only like what people say. I think there's very few people will admit that they are absolutely fifty fifty fair down the middle. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. Some people absolutely hate someone. Other people will love someone. And I think that's the problem we live in these this day and age because, um, again, we won't go too, too down this line, political line, but not just with politics, anything. It's like there's no room for middle ground. It's like, yeah. you know, you're out of order because you don't support my view. I hate you because you, you I don't support your view. Or, yeah, you don't support like... my view, so I hate you.
1: It's like somewhere along the line, the whole concept of sitting on the fence has been abolished. Like you, you can't do that; you have to be one extreme or the other, and then you have to insult anyone who's who's sitting on the other side. Oh, I think we've got technical issues as uh, Dan is plugging in his
0: mic. Sorry, if you made a really good point, <laughs> I missed it. So I pulled my head headphone out.
1: Oh, really? Oh, yes. Apologies. So I, I said, if you're, if you um, the whole idea of sitting on the fence has been abolished, and either you have to sit one extreme or the other. And you almost have to criticise the people that sit on the other side. And before we go into scores, there was just one other comment I was going to make about the vulgar thing. And I I was going to kind of explain why I think it gets to me um, so much and why I think so negatively of it. And I don't know if it's because I have children as well, but I kind of feel like the whole role model aspect of it and the whole, you know, this, this thing is in the public eye and it's making vulgar gestures with body parts and what kind of example is that for the kind of children and young people kind of growing up and i think that's why it really hits home as something that really is a negative negative point for me
0: and like i said if
1: if it if it was a character but was a role model and was just outsmarting politicians then go for it this episode would probably be an eight or nine out of ten but because of that
0: We'll come on to scores shortly, but just before we we wrap up, I did find an article from a couple of years ago that, you know, we talk about these, like this, uh, this Waldo character. You know, let's not forget, we have had some funny independent, alternative independent people stand for elections. So I think one of the most famous one in this country was Count Binface. (laughs) He looks like kind of like a knight, but he's got like a big, a big, almost like bin on his head. And his manifesto for the London mayor mayoral election enlivened a dull election so much he polled better than Lawrence Fox, who was a supposedly serious anti-lockdown candidate. In 2015, the birthday Party, whose main policy is to hope for a miracle, um, received 81 votes in 1979. I think somebody called Auburn Woe or War. Contested North Devon for the Dog Lovers Party um, with a slogan, a better deal for your dog. (laughs) I like this one. In 94, Richard Huggett of the Literal Democrats. So we've got a party over here called the Liberal Democrats. Richard Huggett of the Literal Democrats was the most effective spoiler candidate ever. He won more than 10,000 votes in the 94 European Parliament elections in Devon which the Liberal Democrats lost by 700 to the Tories, prompting the law on names on ballot papers to be changed, which is similar to, I think, kind of the point you were saying. And one that appeals to me, Tom Barber stood for the No Fruit Out of Context Party in Battersea in 2001, fighting against the scourge of pineapple on pizza. So, yeah, we've had all these people people stand for election. Now, let's get to the, the main point of this episode now. So what is your score for this Particular
1: rep um I'm going to put it down as a four. I think the concept was good, and I like I said, I just think I would have enjoyed it if it was outsmarting politicians and not being being so vulgar, so I think that's cost this episode by about four or five points
0: yeah i I agree, I've put it as a four i It's not a dreadful episode. Well, I mean, I've given it a four, so some people would argue I think basically for me it's yeah, it's not quite got that recipe for me. It did feel rushed. The ending, I wasn't overly happy with. So yeah, I th- I think a four. I think a four for me is, is fine. Okay, so that wraps up season two. We've got the next episode, I think is a special. But what's interesting is after that one, we're going to start now getting onto the Netflix series. Okay. So it's not quite the next episode. The next hep- episode will be the special that was called White Christmas. Yeah, and then, and then we're getting to, like I said, a couple of people have mentioned to me that, they didn't like it once it moved to netflix or or it changed so yeah we'll keep an eye on that
1: well i'm assuming they're still going to listen though because these these um, podcast episodes will still be just as good um even though it's changed over to netflix
0: they'll probably enjoy it more than the episode no i think i think the, episode, <laughs> the feeling i got was that they sensed a change in it and i think i now know what i think it's because it has been very a lot of the episodes have been very kind of it is brit-centric wasn't it i think a lot of these episodes and i think we're now starting to get into the more international side of things so but that's that's a couple of weeks in the future anything from you before we go no nothing else for me okay and i'll try to have less technical errors next time so uh,
1: we'll
0: we'll, we'll see you for the next episode
1: bye bye if i want your opinion I will give it to you,
0: come on, check what we've got, cause you need it, don't make us get a spark and force feed it,
1: come on.